0: This is the Arab Street Radio and Podcast. I'm Ray Hanania. I do two podcasts, this one on the Middle East and another on mainstream American politics. Thank you for listening to this podcast where we talk about issues in the Middle East, Palestine, Israel, and American policies. You can get more information on all of my podcasts by visiting www.hanania.com. Good morning everybody, this is Ray Hanania, it's Friday, July 24th, 2020, and I'm the special U.S. correspondent for the Arab News newspaper, Ray Hanania again. You're listening to Radio Valadie, the Arab Street Radio and Podcast, broadcast from Detroit, Michigan, through 690 AM WNZK Radio. The Arab Street Radio and Podcast is part of the U.S. Arab Radio Network, hosted by Layla El-Husseini, in an effort to energize and empower Arab Americans to stand up for their rights. For more information, go to my website at hanania.com. And afterwards, visit my podcast site on iTunes, Spotify, or my podcast website at thearabstreet.org. The radio show call-in number is 248-557-3300. We're not going to take calls in the beginning. We'll do some... You know, toward the end, of course, we're going to talk about this uh, uh, battle between Rashida Taleb and Brenda Jones. And we have two guests on today, both pollsters and political analysts from Greater Detroit. And we're going to talk to them about what they each see in the uh, developing Rashida Taleb and Brenda Jones contest in the 13th District, August 4th. My first guest is uh, Ed Sarpolis. Uh, Ed's been on our show before. He's founder and executive director of Target Insight, recognized one of Michigan's most notable pollsters, analysts, and strategists. He's been involved in many political election campaigns and analyzing him, and we're really uh, glad to have him on this morning. Ed, thank you so much for joining the show.
1: Well, I'm very plushed, and Just a little bit of background for your viewers, uh, I've been... I grew up in Detroit and actually lived in this congressional district. Uh, in, 19, in 2011, Congressman John Connors, the predecessor, hired me to basically uh, help them with that district. They managed his campaign in 2012 and assisted in 2014. Uh, both Brenda Jones believe I've helped them over the last 20 years to win their own races. So they're also friends of mine. And, and so I, have a, I know the district and I know the individuals, hopefully. So both of their friends and they're both competitors. Yeah, and that must be interesting. I mean, to do a race like this, uh, uh, but it does
0: give you some insight that you have all that experience on it. You recently uh, released a poll that shows uh, Rashida doing really well. I mean, in comparison to Brenda, and I and I know it was only a few questions, but um, it would have been interesting to get to dig deep into it to see what was driving some of that. Um, well, but Rashida that. clearly has a lot more money than uh, brenda jones and i'm wondering is it the money driving this election do you think or are we just not seeing what everybody actually thinks
1: well well well, basically i talked to i i do been tracking in this district now for the last four years and i talked to black leaders and arab leaders because i've done a lot matter of fact during 2001 i actually had privilege of doing arab radio when al jazeera first started so i've been working with Arab community quite a long time so thank you for being on your show uh, the important thing to oh, understand right. is uh, the important thing is is that you got to understand that uh, uh, Rashida has always been beatable. So the fact that she's leading is because of the fact of the campaign that she's running and her funding. Okay, uh, and right. secondly, and the other important thing is 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 that uh, uh, Brenda Jones never really got off the ground uh, last year. Um, first of all, Brenda Jones was not the first choice to run against Rashida. It was uh, Sheriff Benny Napoleon. He decided not to run. So Brenda Jones was the only other candidate. She never really got started in this race till almost the middle of, uh, of, the, of, the, of the winter, uh, and that's way too late to take on a strong candidate like Rashida. Uh, and what I'm seeing in the polling and talking to interest groups, Brenda Jones has done no community outreach of any consequence. She's out. She doesn't. Uh, she is, No one really knows her out county. well, and well you mean you house. mean in terms of you
0: mean in terms of campaigning. Uh, yes. because she's the President of the Detroit City Council. I mean, she has to be pretty well known in Detroit in at city, least, but right no, but
1: only only in the city in, the, in outside right now, forty percent of more of the people out county don't know who Brenda Jones is. right. I mean, even even though
0: she's been in the news all those years, yeah, uh, well, are people that narrow focused, uh, I guess, and maybe it is. I mean, we see that in Chicago. You know, a lot, but uh, I think you're right. I think Brenda didn't start this campaign soon enough. And we only have, what, a couple more weeks left, two weeks, I think. And money right. is a driving force, isn't it? Uh, Rashida is spending a lot of cash. But well, did you fact, hear
1: enthusiasm when
0: you were doing the polling?
1: Yes, I did hear enthusiasm. As a matter of fact, uh, I, I did a couple other radio shows, and they called me talking about about their enthusiasm for Rashida about their their right. they' on oppression. matter of fact, I understand Rashida's received another hundred thousand dollars in TV buy for her and 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 in the district this week. I also found that all almost all the labor groups have now endorsed Rashida over Brenda. So bottom line is right now everybody's moving towards Rashida, which now I will tell you this that the numbers still show that if Brenda Jones could create a message and had the funding, she could make it competitive. so it still could be very close. but right now the movement has been towards Rashida by labor groups by interest groups, by financial groups, uh, and, and, and because Rashida's been doing the homework. And got, when, when I helped Brenda, Rashida early on when she was running for state rep in another district, she did the door-to-door. Okay? She did the community right. outreach, and and that's been her mark. And, and, and as a matter of fact, when she won um, you know, two years ago, and I talked to her the last weeks of the campaign, uh, what I was seeing polling, I've been polling like I said in this district, and she listens. For example, when I talked to her about polling showing that she needed to be more aware of stuff. She wouldn't spend $300,000 on TV. She's a very shrewd campaigner. She's smart and she works very hard. And, and Brenda, like I said, and the other thing on, on Brenda Jones's favor, the COVID-19 uh, uh, stopped her from doing any grassroots because she thought she had the time. She got COVID-19 herself. right? And then right. And the funding never materialized. Okay? Uh, and it was important, for example, she was counting on because of some of Rashida's comments, we know about those, she was hoping that maybe the Jewish community would come to her aid. Well, Rashida's been reaching out to the Jewish community. They're not giving money to Brenda Jones, okay? And Right. But isn't
0: the issue more, Ed, don't you think the issue, I mean, I, I know that the Middle East is a big issue, because, you know, I'm Arab, obviously, and I'm Palestinian, um, but isn't the bigger issue like the 13th District itself? I mean, I think it's there's been a legitimate criticism that Rashida has spent more time on the national uh, stage than she has uh, addressing local issues in the 13th district. Well, Hasn't that fact, been a uh, factor, or is it because these are such big
1: headlines, nobody's been able to actually focus on that? Well, what we've got to understand in politics, Brenda never became the solution. Okay, the reason why there's a much larger undecided, and Rashida still beautiful because. There is that question about it. when I do the job reading my talk, right. yes, that's under mine. But the point, Brenda Jones has not become the solution. Okay? Right. Uh, she no, her Brenda campaign Jones hasn't been her Brenda's
0: campaign hasn't been very strong. She doesn't have no. a lot of money. She started late and even if you get you know, she did have coronavirus, but even with coronavirus, she should have started this campaign a long time ago, I think. Do you think yes. she got in there reluctantly?
1: Um, maybe no, no, bitter no, no, no. about she the looked, last she, election. Well, she got in because he felt she was cheated out of that race. Okay, that right. The fact that well, there's something to that, isn't
0: there? Ed, isn't there well, something actually, to that? I mean, when you look at the two races, there's a difference of almost three thousand votes. There was a drop off that special election to finish the term confused a lot of people, and not everybody voted.
1: I I think it just was it was weird, wasn't it? Well, for, well, it was weird, but you got to remember Brenda Jones two years ago had the same problem she has today. She didn't have a grassroots team. She did not get the funding. Ah. Uh, okay. And, good and point. And and, and, and so you got to remember the fact is that a lot of the funders on both sides of the Rashidas and Brenda Jones know me, so they call me and they tell me what they're doing. Okay. And, and, and so the, the issue is the fact is, is that there hasn't, they don't, right now people are not convinced Brenda was, was going to win. Brenda Jones got in because she felt she was cheated, which rightful though, I agree with you, but that means you have, what are you going to do to change it? Okay. Yes. Uh, I agree. And, I agree with and, that. And, and, and she didn't do that. And so right, what you found is, is that people were, the bottom line, everybody I talked to who could give her money says, well, she, she didn't do anything in 2019 to convince us that she was really going to go out and do what it takes to win this race. Right. And it, and it comes down to what are you going
0: to do to win the race, right? Because it doesn't yeah. seem like either of the candidates are really talking about issues. I don't see that debate between them about what the 13th district needs. We all know Rashida is has a huge platform on the national stage because of the Middle East, her fight against Trump. Uh, she's embraced a lot of these national issues. But, I mean, are you telling me really that voters in the 13th District are more interested in the celebrity aspect
1: of this well, race I wouldn't, I wouldn't, rather than, I, well, hey, I, well, is my no, wife no, 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 better no, no. in
0: the 13th District?
1: No, the, what what happened if Rashida has a base of uh, of likability of the grassroots work that she's been doing most of her life in that area. I remember she's from the Del Rey area right? Say. Uh, yes, and she fought right. a lot of things when she was uh, a community organizer, when she was working for his state reps and state senators, when she was a state house race candidate, all the issues she's taken on. She has a reservoir of support. She's been more active and more visible in the community than Brenda Jones has ever had in her political career. Uh, and so that's left over, okay? Number two, Rashida's worked out uh, out county a lot more. You got to remember out county, uh, even though 56% of the vote will be African American. Uh, and because I work with John Connors, for example, you have the Yemeni community, you have the Lebanese community, the Arab community, right, you have the Chaldean right. community, you got the Iranian community. There's a large population, you, which I don't have to tell you that.
0: Do, okay? you think, do you think the Arab community is 100% behind Rashida? Because I get a lot of Chaldeans, they're not Arab, but they're Middle Eastern, who
1: speak Arabic, as you know, obviously. Um, well, I'm Catholic, they, don't really, in they don't support Rashida. Oh, I agree with you, but you got to remember the people who are voting, okay, are the people who mm-hmm. are basically looking for somebody to share or talk about their issues, okay? And Rashida's been out there a long time, and, and where she got her bigger bounces is that she was one of the first people to took on Donald Trump, okay? And they didn't like right. what she may have there. So the bottom line is, is that the, the people that are voting, the senior citizens, looking for a voice. And I tell people the fact that in Detroit, despite what you hear the fact people of color people of other communities have vote for people that are not of their race or ethnicity you know Detroit votes for a white mayor they all all the city council people you see Detroit and Metro Detroit if you if they see you and touch you and hear you and they see that you're working hard they may not always agree with you but they will support you Brother right. Jones has never built that kind of type of support. Right,
0: and I I think you're right. I think your analysis is is pretty right on. I mean, just personally, my problem with Rashida has nothing to do with the politics. It has to do with her personality. She hates me because a friend of mine is somebody that she doesn't like, you know, and what am I going to do? And then she blocks people out. I think that's her big flaw that she kind of reflects the the problem that many uh, that I see among extremists in the Arab community that I it's more about personality than than issues sometimes. So Rashida and I have a bad relation. She refuses to come on the radio show. I've invited her a million times, and I am the political writer in the Palestinian community in America. I, I know that I'm I the one who writes and covers all these issues, but she won't come on the show. So what are you going to cool. do? You know. So but Brenda. Is smart enough to talk to me, and uh, but we'll see, huh? This is interesting. What are you looking for on August fourth? What are the signs that you think well, could actually, drive looking, this election?
1: I'm looking to something long before August fourth. You got to remember, maybe okay. it's possible that before election day, sixty percent of the vote we've already voted absentee in this district.
0: Okay, that's true. That's true. You're right. Okay,
1: so what I'm going to be looking yeah, at most of the people the probably
0: voted already, right?
1: That's correct. And I will tell you something that I learned with John Conyers, uh, that the people community in the community, if you're not in the country, if they support you, they're getting those absentee ballots from their community all over the world into that ballot box. So I'll be checking right. the, the absentee ballots from Dearborn Heights and from, you know, from the Dearborn areas and downriver and, and del area and see where they're coming from. If they're coming from, or uh, if, if I see the embassy both are leaning to Rashida, then it tells me the fact that, the excitement for Rashida yes. is for real. It's not fake. Yes. Do you think, do, have you been able to see any trends yet
0: in that early voting? Or we don't yes, get those right. numbers yet.
1: Well, there is some trends because I've talked, I've poll for absentee voters. Uh, the Those who are senior citizens are definitely leaning, uh, the super seniors, as I call them, at African American, they're leaning right. Rashida. Uh, and the reason that is the fact, in Detroit, you have to earn the right to run. You have to go door-to-door, right. they have to see you and talk to you. Brenda Jones has not done that. She didn't do it in 18, uh, she didn't do it. So, so Rashida has that, like a bill another case of a, a Puerto Rican Hispanic, uh, Sylvia Santana and Harvey Santana. They went in a black community because they go door-to-door every year. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they're out- reach those black- that's what happened. Burton Leland, when he was rap re- rep, re- he, he worked all those communities of color, and they said, well, you're coming see me. Okay. that's what counts in Metro Detroit is the fact they want your door to door. They're talking whether you're of the same race or ethnicity doesn't make a difference as long as you're seeing them and talking to them.
0: That sounds great. Listen, Ed, I love having you on the show. I really enjoy politics, and I, it's very kind of you to come in. Um, I, if I do another show before the fourth, I want to bring you on. So, because this race is a hot one, you know, having it covered is. politics for forty-five years in Chicago city politics. For twenty years at City Hall, um, I love to see the trends, and I know they flip back and forth. Ed,
1: well, thank you, you so it, much you for joining us. Well, very quickly, I re- the, 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 the city council districts in, Detroit, uh, in Chicago that you're running in now, I helped draw those uh, uh, for the last census, so those are my my lines. And number two, I'm going to bring um, you on this, to talk about that sometime. And the other <laughs> we thing, we have to fact, do that I release this poll. Once I release Rashida's poll, it's already gone national. Okay. Uh, right. That's how we taught, right. The toughest races. Well, thank you for your time. I enjoyed being on your show. Ed, thank you so much. What's your
0: website? If uh, people want to follow you and see what else is going in, where would they go? Well,
1: Basic. Well, the bottom line. Well, but well, let me give you my phone number. It's better that they call me. Okay. And uh, okay. So a lot of my clients are private clients and holding like that. It's five one seven. And 9776
0: All right, Ed Sarpolis, uh, founder and executive director of Target Insight. Thank you for joining us this morning. I really appreciate talking to you, buddy.
1: My pleasure. You have a good day.
0: All right, Ed, thanks. I'm Ray Hanania here at the Arab Street Radio and podcast broadcast through WNZK AM 690 Radio in Detroit, Michigan. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk with another guy that I really admire and respect, Dennis Deno of Dental Research Another uh, political animal just like me. He lives and breathes politics. And we're going to look into the uh, Rashida uh, Jones, uh, Rashida Taleb, and Brenda Jones race. Um, But first, we're going to take a break. So we'll be right back right after these messages. And welcome back to the Arab Street Radio and podcast broadcast through. WNZK AM 690 Radio in the Greater Detroit, Michigan region. I'm Ray Hanania, U.S. Special Correspondent for the Arab News newspaper. I've been covering politics all my life. I live and breathe politics. I love it. So I love to talk with uh, our guests, on, especially when we have a big race coming up, August 4th, the battle between Rashida Talib and Brenda Jones. And uh, we're going to talk to our next guest, Dennis Denno, Dennis is a great writer. This guy understands politics. He's been very fair, very accurate, and I'm really proud to have him on. He's, he founded Dental Research in 2004, and for over 25 years, he's helped candidates and elected officials shape issues and communicate with constituents. Dennis, thank you so much for joining the radio show this morning.
2: Hey, thanks for having me on. That's quite an introduction. I really appreciate
0: it. <laughs> That's okay. You're a good guy, Dennis. Um, listen, oh, you? We only have a, Thank you. An, we only we only have an hour. Unfortunately, if we had more, I'd give you an even bigger plug. Okay.
2: <laughs> That's all right. Thank you.
0: You know, Arab community. Yeah. You know, the Arab community isn't like everybody else. We get breadcrumbs. We think breadcrumbs are bread, you know, so we get these little uh, things. We should have a national radio show talking about all these issues and i think one day we will because of people like you and others so dennis this race in the 13th district is the race that a lot of people are talking about comes up in two weeks august 4th what do you see happening from your perspective um in terms of rashida talib and brenda jones um how do you think this race is panning out so far
2: yeah, well, first, if we ever have that national Arab American talk show, I hope you're the uh, you're the person to be leading it because we need you we need you to be doing that. Um, but going to the Rashida Tlaib, Talib, uh, Brenda Jones race, I mean, it's very interesting, right? Rashida Talib has all the resources, all the money. There's no question yeah. that Rashida Talib works really hard, right? I mean, she may not work really smart, uh, but she works really hard, right? Um, I agree with predum- that. Yeah, but it's a predominantly African-American district, and let's not forget that Brenda Jones, you know, almost won almost won it last time, and there was, I think, four other African-Americans running, and Brenda Jones didn't have the resources. so it's Yeah, kind of and I,
0: I, I agree with you, Dennis, because uh, I'm going to tell you what, I don't care what the polls show, because, first of all, we learned, over especially over the last few years, that polling doesn't necessarily accurately reflect people people are not being honest a lot of times they don't want to tell the truth this is and I agree with you this is a predominantly black district the last election there were two elections it was confusing and when you look at the two voter turnouts there was the difference was 3000 votes out of almost 90,000 at the high end uh and Rashida only won by 900 votes in the race where there were four black African-American candidates running uh, for that uh, seat. Now all of them are out except for one, Brenda Jones, and Rashida's big base, it seems. And you tell me if you agree or disagree. She's focused mainly on the Middle East and national issues. And I wonder, uh, I think black and African-Americans and voters are smarter to see and question, has she done it enough in the 13th District? And I don't think people are focused on that. Nationally, the media focuses on what Rashida says nationally. But I don't think anybody's really focused on, did she do enough in the 13th District during her 18 months to win the hearts and minds of residents who need better, you know, uh, tax programs, jobs, and well, better schools, and safety, I don't know. Do you agree with that, or do you think I'm off base? Is it all about celebrity headlines and the local vote doesn't matter anymore? And welcome back to the Arab Street Radio and podcast broadcast from Detroit, Michigan, through 690 AM, WNZK Radio. I'm Ray Hanani, special U.S. correspondent for the Arab News newspaper. It's Friday, July 24th, and we're talking about the election that's only about two weeks away, maybe even less um, I think maybe 10 days, right, or 11 days away, uh, August 4th, between the hot race in the 13th district between Rashida Talib, the congresswoman, and Brenda Jones, the president of the Detroit City Council. Um, we have uh, Dennis Denno on, and I'm sorry, Dennis, we lost you. I don't know if you heard my comments about, is the glare and the brightness of the national focus out, you know, overshadowing the interests of the local 13th district? What do you think?
2: Wow, that's a, that's a great question. I mean, look, I would argue that in general, when people are voting for a congressperson, especially in the 13th, where Rashida keeps reminding us over and over again, it's something like the third poorest congressional district in the country. I think people are voting bread and butter issues, right? Right. So I think I do think that while I credit Rashida uh, Talib for um, talking about Palestine and talking about issues uh, in the Middle East that I care about, that I would argue our community cares about, you know, it's obviously not an issue that a predominantly African-American community cares about. And let's face it, there have been and there still are tensions between our Arab-American community and the African-American community. So is that going right. to end up biting her? Is that going to end up biting her or is that just, you know, I'll tell you this anecdotally when I talk to people who live in the district, they like her. And I'm talking about African-Americans who live in the district. They like her. Yes. But, I mean, that's all anecdotal, right? I mean, I'm talking to a handful of people in the district.
0: Right. And, and, I, and I think, that is, of course, you know, um, I think that polling, because, uh, you know, listen, Rashida comes off with more money. Uh, bigger headlines on the national scene um, and her weakness, I think, has been in the district in the 13th district. And it depends on whether voters are going to focus more on, hey, we want somebody fighting with Trump, although I can't imagine anybody in Detroit not fighting with Trump. You know, it's not like Brenda is a supporter of Trump. Brenda Jones probably hates Trump as much as Rashida Talib does, although she may not use the F word the way Rashida did. But I think the bottom line when, you come, when it comes to elections is local services. And, you know, I wake up in the morning and as much as I love Palestine myself and I want to fight all these other issues and stuff, I still have to look at my tax bill. I still have to look at how much money I'm bringing in. I still have to look at my kids to see what kind of education they're getting. I have to look at my neighborhood to see how safe it is. And if I lived in one of the poorest districts, In the country, which, as you accurately point out, I would be looking at what did the congressperson do to change that? And I'm not sure Rashida addressed that at all. She may change it if she ekes past, but I don't believe the polls. I don't believe that people are honest anymore as they may have been before. Um, And I don't think the polling that shows Rashida with such a strong lead is accurate. What do you think?
2: Well, if we're talking about the poll that came out a couple of days ago that shows Rashida Talib at fifty-two percent, I think it's interesting that that same company that did that poll uh, had something like a twenty-six point shift in like two or three months. And so I'm like, what's changed? <laughs> what's changed in right. the two three in the two three months to cause a twenty-six point shift? So I think when it comes to polling in general, I think we have to question that stuff, right? Yes, lot. I don't a lot trust a lot of. the poll. I, yeah, I do a lot of polling with my company, and and when when you see that, I just have concerns. Um, you know, Rashida brags about having, I think, four community centers in her congressional district, and I don't know if that's real. I don't know if what's really going on in there. I do think it's interesting that of the four, the last one to open was in the city of Detroit, um, which I just think was kind of interesting. That was the last one, means. right?
0: And it, it should have been the first one.
2: It should have been the first you one. You would right? think, I mean, right? I yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe just trying to find a building. Trying to maybe just a rent issue. I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, just kind of clumsy things like that. Whether it's going to end up biting her, I, I don't know. I just it'll be very fascinating to watch. I do think it's obvious. I do think she's going to win. I do think it's hers to lose only because she's she has the name. For the past two years, she's done a great job promoting right. herself, and she's got the resources. Right.
0: Right. Money. Money talks. Money will talk, but I've seen many elections uh, where people that were at the top of the newspaper headlines um, and, you know, locally, she's more popular than she is nationally, obviously. But her name recognition is huge because she's constantly at the front of this fight uh, representing the squad. But again, I still think I'm telling you, when I go to the polls and I think a lot of people, when they go to the polls, they still vote their own interests. Um, and I wonder, though, if the issue here is that maybe has Brenda Jones run a strong campaign? Maybe she doesn't have the money, although she said she has the endorsement of every other candidate that ran in the last election. Ian Teniers, uh Coleman Young, uh, the, you know, the other candidates, um, they've endorsed her. Does that not help her? Or, uh, you know, they were two thirds of the total vote where she'd only got about a one third plurality.
2: Yeah, that's really interesting. I didn't, I didn't know that. I, I don't know how much I think endorsements mean uh, less and less uh, every every yeah. day, every every election cycle. Um, you know, I think the interesting thing is what is Detroit Mayor Mike Duggan going to do if anything? Um, I mean, I know they're not big fans of Rashida Talib, uh, and I mean, I, I have reason to believe. I can't prove it, but I have reason to believe that quietly behind the scenes, they're trying to help Brenda Jones. Which I think would be right. really interesting, um, but you know the other question is: so Brenda Jones has all these endorsements, and let's just make let's just say she has the uh, support of the mayor. Uh, can she do anything with it? You know, does she know how to use those resources and those tools? And I don't mean that as a criticism of Brenda right. Jones. I just don't. I don't know the answer to that question.
0: Yeah, how does she become the Detroit City Council president, though? If she, you know, if she doesn't know how to mount a strong grassroots campaign. Do you, you, you get what I'm saying? I mean, she's the she's the Detroit City Council. President. Is that job not that significant anymore? Does Detroit not matter anymore in the rest of Michigan? And you know, I, I you know, what are the factors there? That's that's unusual to me because if you told me the president of the City Council in Chicago, or and we we don't have a role as strong as. Detroit City Council president in Chicago. But if you said that a heavy personality in Chicago uh, was doing so poorly in a race, I would say, okay, there's something wrong with what that person is. Is it obvious or is it just a lack of money, do you think, that uh, she's from the poorest district? How are you going to raise money from the poorest district? Most of Rashida Talib's money is coming from outside the district, probably about 70% of it.
2: Right, right, and you know, let, let's face it: a lot of successful uh, uh, elected officials don't raise a lot of their money from within their district or even from within their state. You know, um, so Brenda Jones is going to need help raising money from from the you know from outside. And I assume if uh, she is going to be successful, she's going to look at the Jewish community, the APAC groups to help help support her in this race.
0: Right? Is the Jewish community um, is the Jewish community that influential in Detroit, um, as uh, as as influential as the Arab community? I mean, have we ever weighed that to see, you know, has their influence waned and weakened over the years, or are they still influential, you think? I mean, significantly influential in Detroit, the greater Detroit region.
2: Well, I think in the metro Detroit community, our Jewish brethren are very, very powerful. They Their vote is valuable, and they are very uh, successful yeah. at working together and and raising money. And and nationally, let's face it, let's face it, nationally, APAC's a very powerful group, and they would love to see Rashida Tlaib out of office.
0: Yeah, but it might be too controversial for them to get involved directly in this one. It's ironic that Rashida Tlaib may have insulated herself a little bit by being so outspoken, so high-profile, that, you know, it kind of makes her a little untouchable. People are going, oh, geez, you know, We're not going to waste our time with that. She's probably going to win. Um, You know, she has this big high profile. She has the backing of all these people from around the country. We'll focus on other races. Um, I still think, though, that uh, polling is not, you know, reflective of what reality happens. And I think at this point, you know, as as, uh, Ed mentioned uh, in the first segment, a lot of people have already voted. A lot of people have already gone to the polls. So if I voted early voting and a pollster called me up, I would pretty much lie just to have fun with the pollster. I am not a good person to call, Dennis, if you ever do a poll, okay, (laughs) because I'm not going to be honest. I'm going to play with those numbers because I know how I voted already. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, there's always going to be people who don't tell the truth, right? And so... That's why you're trying to get a 300, 400, 600 representative sample because you're hoping those right. one or two or three people who don't tell the truth, are aren't, their numbers are going to be pretty minuscule. I think the problem becomes when you look at a race like Trump versus Hillary Clinton, um, in which there were maybe a significant number of Trump supporters who didn't want to admit on a live phone call that they, they were right. supporting Donald Trump. Then it becomes a problem, but I would argue that that's not... That's not frequent, right? I don't think that happens frequently.
0: Yeah, and that, or that... I really didn't care for Trump at all. I didn't look at him much. I just knew Hillary so well and the Clintons, and in my opinion, how deceitful they were when it came to issues that were important to me, like the Middle East and Palestine and all that stuff. So I could not support Hillary Trump was the only person on the ballot, and I think you're right. They shamed voters, Um, so a lot of people wouldn't be honest and say, yeah, I'm going to support Trump, but I don't think there was any choice, and I don't believe in wasting a vote, you know, to vote for a third-party candidate. I figured, okay, Trump, he's an unpredictable person. Maybe a wild card might shake up the game board and throw it up in the air and change things. Um, I'm not sure he's done a good job. What do you think about his election? coming up i mean this is a unusual uh pairing isn't it between joe biden who has a perception that you know maybe he's just too old and he's not completely there and donald trump who uh appears to be completely there but is so wacky sometimes (laughs) you know and it's like okay we're stuck again we got another one of those rough choices what do you think is going to happen in that race how's that playing out in michigan
2: yeah, well I'm not sure Donald Trump is all there. The guy can't even hold a cup drink a cup of water with one hand. But um you know, he's not
0: the-, the smartest he's not the smartest guy. I am disappointed. You know, when he was on TV, he was very popular. Um, you know, in his reality show. Uh, but um I think he's kind of uh you know, been uh you know, like too petty. You know, somebody says something to him, he, he's kinda of like Rashida. In a way, in a different, not a political way, but in a personality way. You say something about them, you criticize them, and he takes it so personal, you know, that this is politics. It's like a baseball game. You know, of course the Cubs want to beat the White Sox, right? It's not personal, but they take it so personal.
2: Yeah, I mean, let's face it. This isn't going to be a popular thing to say on your show, but both Donald Donald Trump and Rashida Talib are very similar. They're both bullies. They both don't uh, like to be uh, uh, insulted, or they they don't like to be criticized, and neither one of them can take a punch, right? So, but going back to Michigan, yeah, but going back to Michigan, I mean, Trump barely won Michigan. He did win Michigan, so I have to give him that, but he barely won it. And every, I know you don't believe the polls, but every poll I've seen, uh, I mean, he is doing really poorly in Michigan. Um, Michigan Democrats Mm -hmm. are very, very energized beat donald trump we were not energized we democrats were not energized uh four years ago um as much as i was proud to vote for hillary clinton i realized that she was not very well liked even amongst democrats she, and I don't she think just wasn't a either.
0: strong candidate
2: you know i just think she um look who was the candidate who uh, economic message it was donald trump i mean i didn't agree with his economic message but hillary clinton right was but he was talking about, about it right Yeah, so I mean, I mean, there's a lot of people who are struggling in Michigan financially, right? And 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 Donald Trump was able to play on people's fears. He was able to play on people's racism, and you know, I I think it's crazy that you know her husband Bill Clinton four years ago was telling her campaign, "You need to talk about the economy," and they ignored him. (laughs) Yeah. So I mean, going back to Joe, going back to Joe Biden. I mean I think Joe Biden's playing it smart. I mean don't say anything, don't do anything. You want this to be a referendum on the incumbent president and this incumbent president right. is dumb enough to right. make it an incumbent uh, make it a a race on himself. He, he says stop talking.
0: Trump says stupid, Trump says stupid things all the time and I think it's smart um that Biden should just step back and let the focus sit on Trump. But you know what? Uh, some Democrats, the egos won't allow them to do that. But so far, I think the fact that maybe Biden is, is having some minor issues, I think that that's playing into his advantage rather than being a disadvantage, because he is. There's uh, You don't expect a debate, do you? There, I don't believe there's going to be a debate between Trump and Biden. I don't see it. Do you?
2: You know, it's funny. I was just talking to a political friend of mine. I really respect his opinion. Uh, now, I was asking him what he thought, and he thought that, I mean, the tables have turned, where if I'm Donald Trump, I really, really want to debate Joe Biden, and if I'm Joe Biden, yes. I, don't, I want to be as far away from a debate as possible. Uh, but, but Yes, you know, the other uh, because thing I, is, I agree I deal- with
0: you that Biden, want, if he stays away from it, he has an advantage. He can actually yeah. benefit by staying out of the limelight a little bit.
2: Yeah, but I mean, here's the other thing. So four years ago, I think those debates, I can't believe I'm saying this, I think those debates really helped Donald Trump, because all he did was attack Hillary Clinton. Well, in theory, this time around, he has a record to defend. and It's not a very good record. Yes. So I I think it's going to be fascinating. It's going to be an incredibly ugly, horrible uh, election uh, cycle. Um, and I think uh, at the end of the day, I think the Democrats are going to win the White House. I think they're going to win the U.S. Senate. Do you, uh, they're going to keep the U.S. House.
0: Yeah, and listen, uh, when back four years ago, when I uh, said that I was going to support Trump over Hillary, um, and part of it, it was the arrogance. That uh, I think what really turned me off—not not not all only those uh, policies that I believe that the Clintons. You know, the management was the arrogance of Hillary. It was like she just felt, why are we wasting our time with an election? I'm the president. Let's just move forward. That came across so clear in her candidacy. It bothered me, you know, a lot. But uh, Trump, you're right. He has a record, and it's it's terrible. He hasn't done that great. I always thought Trump's big factor was going to be that he's the wild card. And that he would explode the system. And in a way, I think he's done it. I think he's damaged the Republican Party. I think he's damaged, you know, some of the big, uh, crazy Republican leaders that I thought were nuts, like Marco Rubio and, and uh, Ted, what's his name? Uh, some of these people I can't, you know, I couldn't stand. I think he's damaged them. And I think that he's damaged the Republican Party more than a lot of Republicans are willing to admit. Dennis, can you hang on the line a little bit longer so we can uh, take one more break? Yeah, let's do it. Thank you. All right. Dennis Daniels on the line with me. And uh, I'm Ray Hanania here at the Arab Street Radio and podcast broadcasting from Detroit, Michigan through 690 AM WNZK Radio. Um, Our number is 248-557-3300. We can take some phone calls. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, uh, we'll keep talking with uh, Dennis Denno, who is the founder of Denno Research, um, a uh, political uh, analyst and commentator, and we'll talk a little bit about all the things that he's up to, too, because I think he does a podcast. We want to promote that and get you his website, too. So we're going to take a break, and we're going to be right back, right after these messages. And welcome back to the Arab Street Radio and podcast broadcast through 690 AM WNZK Radio. Our guest on the line is Dennis Denno. We had uh, Ed Sarpolis on earlier at the beginning of the show uh, from Target Insight. And Dennis is uh, with uh, the, who found, he's the founder of Denno Research. Um, let's go right to the phones. And of course, we have our friend Jerry Habba who calls in. A great guy, listens to us all the time at 248 557 3,300. Jerry, because we're so tight, give us a comment and a question, and let's see what Dennis uh, Deno can say about it. Yes, sir, Mr. Ray Hanani. Thank you, and and, uh, good morning to you, and good morning to Mr. Dennis Deno. My question is over
2: here to Mr. Dennis Deno. Former President Barack Hussein Obama, when he was asked many times, who are you gonna endorse at the beginning of the of the of the twenty one democratic candidate for a president? He did not give any name. Suddenly, President Barack Obama come to the picture, support uh, Biden very strongly when we see a former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, she never appeared in the picture for her support. What is the secret, Mr. Dennis den? den-, den- the former President Obama supporting Biden, Good. especially uh, nowadays. I appreciate your answer.
0: Jerry, great. that Jerry, that's a great question, too. Yeah, why? Where's Hillary Clinton in this election? doesn't seem like she's thank doing you. anything. Jerry, thank you so much for the call. Dennis, I, I appreciate Dennis, what do it. You think?
2: Thank you. Yeah, where's Bill Clinton? I mean, it just seems the Clintons are non-entities uh, in this election cycle, right? I think there's a lot of Democrats who are just frustrated and fed up with the Clintons. Um, And there's no question that Barack Hussein Obama is uh, still incredibly popular in this country. I was really frustrated when Barack Obama, former President Obama, uh, didn't endorse anyone early on. But now I kind of see it as a brilliant
0: move on his part. You kind of waited till the end rather than take any risk. But but the Clintons, the only thing I can say about their, you know, absence is this. It feeds into the problem that they have of entitlement. You know, they think they're a dynasty. They think they're royalty, political royalty, and they don't understand why they have to run. And it belongs to them. He was the president. The whole system, you know, is it, should be in their pocket. And now I think it's kind of like they're angry. They don't want to get involved and help somebody else, even somebody like Joe Biden. Um, you know, all these people that supported them. So that has always been the problem with the Clintons, in my eyes. They're so selfish when it comes to politics. Uh, personally, I'm glad they're out of the picture, even though I love Bill's politics in the beginning. But when it came down to his interests, he always sides with what's best for him at the expense of what's best for everybody else. I don't know. Yeah, no, so, I'm, a, I'm a big, I, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that, yeah, listen, I, I know you're a big Clinton fan, too, and I, I was, you know, I, I knew Bill Clinton, back especially back in the 90s, you know, 93, when he did all that, uh, you know, I went to the White House, he invited me there, I remember sitting with him, and Yitzhak Rabin, and Yasser Arafat, and I got to ask some questions, and He was trying to get support in the Arab community for the peace process that the radical extremists, I blame, destroyed. Um, But then toward the end, he just kind of decided his legacy, you know, needed to be repaired. And he pushed and, you know, really kind of just uh, he destroyed what he put together, I thought. So so anyway, we only got a few minutes, about seven more minutes, though, but um biden and trump what do you think is going to happen there in michigan you think biden is going to take it
2: yeah i mean i think the question is by what margin i i just think right now donald trump's in, in, in trouble nationally he's in trouble in michigan he's got what about three and a half months to turn it around i just don't think he's capable of it i mean he just uh he doesn't you know he he surrounds himself with a bunch of yes men he doesn't listen to his staff and his cabinet. Um, you know, he likes to fire from the hip and he's not very good at it. Um, I just think it's going to be really hard for him to turn this around.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Trump's ego prevents him uh, from really kind of holding on to office. I'm going to be surprised if he pulls it off. But I do think this uh, Black Lives Matter and the rioters and the protesters and the arsonists. Now, in Detroit, you didn't see a lot of that. But in Chicago, there were like 40 businesses that were destroyed by protesters under the banner Black Lives Matter. And 12 of them happened to be Arab-American businesses, and nobody cares for us. Our businesses get destroyed, and I'm telling you, nobody, because we're so busy fighting the Middle East conflict that we can't even get our own community to stand up for our own people. It's one of the problems that's really kind of you know, holding back Arab Americans in this country. But these riots and the damage that's been caused all over, um, I think that actually plays into Trump's hands. This wave to defund the police, um, I think that plays into Trump's hands. I know a lot of people who did want to support him who are angrier now about what Black Lives Matter is doing and how people like even Mayor lightfoot in chicago she took down the columbus statue overnight in the middle of the night because protesters didn't want christopher columbus you know to be on display in grand park where he's been since the world columbian exposition in 1893 suddenly columbus is a bad guy it's it's a people i think are angry what do you think of that theory
2: yeah, I think we need to be careful comparing the Black Lives Matter movement, which is uh, in the Black Lives Matter movement, and comparing that to the riots. I don't know if there's an equal comparison. I don't. I just think we need to be careful when we say that. Um, but there's no question that as society is moving and changing, and we we are questioning who we appreciate and who we respect and honor in this country, there's going to be a blowback. There's going to be people who are going to be really upset by that. Um, But I would argue that for a a lot of those people who are really frustrated and angry by that and are angry by the Black Lives Matter movement, we're going to vote for Donald Trump anyway. Um, And I do think when you look at white suburban women, they're not going to vote for Donald Trump. I would argue uh, a good good number of uh, Muslim Americans uh, are not going to vote for Donald Trump. A good number of African Americans aren't going to vote for Donald Trump. I mean, don't forget, about three months ago, the Republican Party was doing a you know, outreach to the African-American community, and their goal was to ho- suppress the African-American community vote. Um, but, I mean, that's completely blown up in their face now.
0: Yeah, and and just to, uh, to clarify, I mean, it's not a, I'm not criticizing black, the principle of Black Lives Matter. I think the principle is good, but I think it got out of hand. I think people are afraid. You know, now when you have a Black Lives Matter protest for, and it, And again, I don't think it's as sharp in uh, Detroit and uh, Michigan as it is in other places. But when they get together and have a protest, there is a lot of rioting. There's a lot of danger. And I'm not saying the organizers are promoting this. But I'm saying that in the cover of that protest, you're seeing a lot. We've seen huge amounts of damage and violence every night on TV. And, you know, we have the highest... You know, death rate in Chicago now, gang violence, uh, and nothing's being done about it. Instead, they're blaming the police for everything. I think that plays into his hands, though. I, yeah, no, I, I agree. I don't know. I, it's mean, I think, this, Any-
2: I think this whole defund the police movement i think i think if they would have called it reform the police i think it would be more acceptable yes i think when you call it defund the police i think it's incredibly stupid and i think it just plays into donald trump's hand and you know it frustrates me when people like rashida talib say defund the police because i don't think it helps
0: yeah i agree with you dennis any final thoughts we only got about a minute left so tell what's your website and tell us about you have a podcast don't you ever the friday podcast
2: yeah, so my website is uh, denoresearch.com and I do uh, the Friday morning podcast and I just released my newest podcast. It comes out every Friday. I actually had an Arab American, Brian Masalam. He's an Arab American. He's on the Michigan State University Board of Trustees. He's running for reelection or renomination by the Democratic Party. Um, so if you check out the Friday morning podcast at denoresearch.com, there's uh, an Arab American who's looking to run for re-election in Michigan.
0: All right, Dennis, dental, thank you again. It's always a pleasure talking to you. I appreciate it. And I want to thank everybody out there at WNZK AM690 Radio Land for listening to us. We'll have this podcast later on today at the org, or look it up on iTunes or Spotify. I'm Ray Hanania. Visit my website at hanania.com to get all the information about all my columns. Dennis, you have a great day. We'll talk again if we do another show. Maybe we'll uh, we'll do a post-election show. Uh, we'll bring a few people on to kind of analyze what actually happened on August 4th. It'll be interesting. Dennis, have a great day.
2: Hey, thanks for having me on. You're doing a great job.
0: All right. We'll see you. And everybody, you guys have a great week, and uh, we'll talk to you again. Uh, back to you, Mike. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Arab Street Radio and podcast. I'm Ray Hanania. We've had a discussion of all the issues facing Arabs in America and the Middle East from Israel to Palestine, Syria, and more. Visit www.hannania.com to get more information on all of my podcasts and on my award-winning opinion columns.